kind of looked like you were fucking about to tackle the thing, too. Look, you are flexing it. All right. We're just going to get right into this podcast here. we got a lot to talk about with uh, news around the UFC that the organization traded Demetrius Johnson to one champion for Ben Askren. Now, it's unconfirmed, but on the UFC fighter rankings on UFC.com, Demetrius Johnson is now off of the the ranking. So I got to think that that's pretty good confirmation. Oh, that's just Dana. It's HUFC. Dana Wade didn't fuck with him on there anyway. <laughs> that could just be him saying, like, well, you lost. You're not even that good anymore. He got beat and he instantly drops out of the top 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah you suck. He's off the charts. I'm actually pretty pumped about Ben Askren. I've been excited to see him in the UFC for a while, and I never thought it was going to happen, and it looks like it's going to happen finally. How many fights? It's like how many fights you think he's going to have? I'd he's like, up there. I'd like to see him. Yeah, he's 34 years old. I'd like to see him get a uh, a five fight contract. Because with that five fights, you can legitimately build up a title run with that too for him. Do you think he's going to get a warm-up fight or go right into a super fight? No, 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 no. I think he's going to fight one one UFC. Like like when he was calling, he's like on that Eric Hawani podcast calling out Darren Till. Some up-and-comer, something like that. Some some popular guy or some guy in the rankings. I, you give him one of those. you got to see where he ranks. Ben Askren's good, but... I mean... You got. He's like you got to show some people that are like just UFC fans that don't like just watch all MMA. You got to show like this is how good this guy is, because when they bring up fights from other promotions, they give them, they don't put them straight in super fights. They're like he, here he goes. Well, when uh, when Anderson Silva came into the UFC, he had his uh, his warm up fight against Chris Lieben, but Chris Lieben at the time was a legitimate contender. The winner of that fight was getting a title shot. Yeah. Which is what I could see happen for. So I could see a Darren Till fight making sense. I I don't think. I mean, a, a an Usman fight would make sense. I think. Um, I, really, Darren Till maybe Colby Covington. God, that'd be fun to watch him and Colby, or him and Rory. Well, Rory's in. I mean, not Bellator. Rory. Sorry. The other half of that great fight. Um, oh, Waller. Robbie Lawler. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, him and Lawler. Lawler's always great watching fights. I think that's a risky matchup for the UFC, though. If you're if you're making this trade, you want... You want Askren to come out, come out swinging. Yeah. yeah, and you don't want to risk him getting knocked out in his opener. And a guy like Lawler can do that. that but that's the thing, though. They put Brock Lesnar in his very first fight against Frank Mir. I don't think they thought Mir was going to put up much of a fight. I thought, I think that the UFC thought that the way the second fight went is how the first fight was going to go. Well, I guarantee that's what everyone thought. Well, actually, I thought it was just going to be, uh, I thought it was going to be awkward when he first fought. Like, he was just going to be awkward with it, like be a football player. <laughs> I knew how to punch. Is what I expected it to look like. Kind of like how Herschel Walker fights. With those he, like straight punch, those straight punch jabs, and he just like marches you down. He at least had a very successful collegiate wrestling career. I'm just talking about the, like the stand-up game for it. when he was like. But the thing is that Frank Mir fight, he didn't even take him down. He just beat the shit out of him. Well, he threw him once. He did throw him. Once. But it I, seems like uh, 
It seems like Askren's calling out there until a little bit. Oh, that's that's probably the easiest fight. I don't yeah. know. Oh, this Darren Till hype. I've never been on that hype train for Darren Till. Um, I think that is his easiest fight uh, of the of the guys in the top five in the welterweight division. I think that that is his easiest fight. It's a, it's a it's like to me, it's almost a joke. Darren Till's even sniffing around that top five. Well, you got a you have an undefeated fighter that that's getting pretty well known. Talks a good game. Comes from England, England. who's has a pretty good MMA following. I think that his hype pushed him up further, maybe, than, well, than his him. skill. The thing is, the only fight that pushed him up there that big was him against Cowboy Cerrone, and we now know what Cowboy Cerrone is. He is a broken shell of himself. Yeah, all those all those two months, I was like, all those fights, and two months later, fighting again and fighting again, has finally caught up with him. He's, he's reached his limit of of the headshots that he could take. He fought well against Stephen Thompson, though. He, he's a cancer for good fights, though, is Thompson. He just... Anyone has a good fight against Thompson. It's just so boring. And then, man, he did not perform well against Tyron Woodley. I mean, it's not like... It's just like... It's like not like boring when people are just like, like, well, it's a good takedown exhibition. It's like grappling... It's not even that boring. It's that boring of, well, here's this wide karate stance, and we're just going to stand and look at each other for two minutes, and then exchange like three or four times, and then back out. Two or three times, and we'll back out and watch each other for more. Like, what's worse than just a grappling, wrestling MMA fight where people call it boring? It's just boring striking. That is, like, impossible. Well, I, I love a good grappling match as long as there's, as long as there's action. Yeah. If a guy's even if there's not a lot of striking, if a guy's advancing his position and other guys defending, yeah, the things, yeah, the what I don't like is when a guy just sits in guard and just yeah, he basically gets locked down from the top position and holds it. No, I'm I'm totally with you. That's why I like it's like I like when I see advancing guards like switch position, even if they like transition to a half guard, full guard, and try to go to mount. Sometimes it's one of those exciting things. Even MMA fans love it too. You'll see the whole crowd erupt when a guy like transitions into full mount. Then people go nuts just for him going into full mount because they know shit's going down. I think fans are getting smarter about the ground game. It used to be when a fight went to the ground, if there wasn't a lot of striking, there wasn't a lot of action. But I think fans are getting smarter about uh, submissions and about positions, and so it's it's become a little bit better. But Stephen Thompson, with that karate style, guys like Leota Machida, um, Conor McGregor has that in and out that wide stance, style. Yeah. yeah, the wide stance. He stands at, at a at a karate angle. Um, who else uses utilizes that really well? Um, to an extent, uh, Michelle Waterson uses it. But Stephen Thompson just isn't that aggressive with it. I'm not sure why he isn't as aggressive as I think he should be, but he just doesn't seem to be aggressive with it. And the times that he is have been exciting fights. Especially with what Stephen Thompson has. He has that length, such big, strong legs. If anyone's going to use it, like anyone, why wouldn't he? When he has used it, it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that was, early. that was early. That's when I was. Everyone was on the Stephen Thompson. Like, oh, geez, a karate kid. Yeah. Well, his fight with his fight with Matt Brown that was good. Was a great fight. 
Um, his first his fight against Robert Whitaker was a great fight. Uh, that was before Bobby Knuckles became Bobby Knuckles. <laughs> he he turned into a world beater. Who else was a fun one? He beat the crap out of Johnny Hendricks. His first Tyrone Woodley fight was a good one. But that's been about it. I didn't like the Patrick Cote fight. What an old weights has Askren fought at? <laughs> Excuse me. Well, he's a welterweight right now. Moving into the UFC, he's going to be in the welterweight division. He fought at welterweight in Bellator. He fought at welterweight in one championship. Never has like never been middle, huh? I want to, as I want to say I, I thought he has fought he out. had a catchweight fight early in his career at 175, but I'm pretty sure he's been at welterweight for every one of his fights. So it's actually more realistic for him to be a 175 fighter that welterweight and actually have him bump down to 165 and fight for that. That's what, oh, you know what? Dan White's a genius. That's probably why he trained for him. To build up that 165-pound division? Yeah, he's probably, I was like, well, guess what's going to probably happen that's stop happening now? Something I applaud. Quit freaking expanding these light divisions. You don't have anyone in them. <laughs> stop expanding it. Just get the middleweights more. Well, the... Specifically, the lightweight division is so stacked that you could easily take five of those guys out and put them in a 165 division and have a stacked 165-pound division. And at 165 would be the only way I think we're going to see a Habib Askren fight, which is what I want to see. You think what's going to happen if Cejudo and Dillashaw fight, uh, they unify the belt, cut the division? What, cut the the featherweight division? No, the flyweight division, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think because um, who's there's there's no flies. That's yeah, I think, I think you're gonna end up the UFC is gonna end up dropping the flyweight and just and bantamweight's gonna be their lowest weight class. Because you don't have anybody in the flyweight division. You barely have anyone in the bantams. If you combine them, I think you're in good shape. I mean, right now in the bantamweight division, you have a trifecta and. That's it. Who's your trifecta? Dillashaw, Garbrandt, yeah, and, that's what I was and Dominic Cruz. Gar- it's like Garbrandt's, and, I don't know if Garbrandt's fighting again, dude. I just saw well, I just saw one tweet from him. Like, that's the only thing. I don't think Garbrandt's coming back. If he is, he's going to... If he is, where is he going to go? Because they're, they're not going to do... Because he lost twice to Dillashaw, they're not going to do a third title fight with him. So the only other person he could fight would be a rematch with Dominic Cruz. Or Cejudo. It's like if Suhuda loses to Dillashaw or whatever, he can fight Suhuda. If I'm Garbrandt, you know what I'm really hoping for? I'm really hoping that Suhuda beats Dillashaw. Because then that's, I can then I can legitimately have another shot at the at the bell because I'll be fighting a Suhudo. Yeah. That would be the only way that would be something intriguing for Garbrandt. If they if Suhudo comes comes over, wins the Bantamweight title. And then that gives him another opportunity. Or if we have a Dillashaw Cruz rematch, do you keep thinking Cruz coming back? I don't know. I he may seen, not. He may. I not. have not seen any inkling that he's coming back. He looks pretty happy at that desk talking about fighting. I think they've got to get rid of the flyweights, and if some of those guys want to bump up to bantamweight, then so be it. 
I agree. I think you've got some flyweights that are on the bigger side, like Borg and Elliot. Benavidez could probably bump up. Maybe even Sergio Pettis could bump up. But, uh, yeah, I don't see anything there for the flyweights. And I see a lot more opportunity at bantamweight if some of those flyweights bump up. You can't cater. He's like, yeah, but you can't cater to like the like the smaller flyweights and stuff that naturally walk around. No, I guarantee none of them not naturally walk around at the at that weight anyway. I mean, grown adults, you know that grown adult males are 125 pounds walking around. Jockeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I guess> so. <laughs> Like, <laughs> there you go. If they, if they get rid of the flyweight division, you got a lot of extra jockeys that can jump into those ranks. But that that hundred and sixty five pound division is is very intriguing, and I think opens opens a lot of doors. Yeah, and they did better get your shit together and start getting into a fight because you're going to be forgotten real quick. Oh, he'll get buried. You're going to get buried for, under all these guys. Yeah, he's going to get forgotten real quick. It used to be that as everyone just wanted to see Diaz come back and fight Connor and all that. Like, it was the greatest thing ever. Now we're like, well, you know what hurt him most of all? Connor losing. Yeah. Connor losing hurts Diaz even more. So it's like, oh, well, now I'm not the one guy that beat Connor anymore. I mean, that's still a possible. Matchup, I think that. Oh, it's um, still a possible matchup, but the the clamor for Diaz coming back and being a major contender and stuff anymore, like going for a belt or doing any of this, that's now going away. What What does McGregor still have on his contract? Four fights. Yeah, four fights. It was a six or five fight contract. I think it was a five. So I think for him, for McGregor, I think Aldo makes sense. That's a rematch I'd like to see. Anderson Silva does not. (laughs) No. That would be nuts. I would love to watch it though. But God, I love Connor's crazy as fuck. He loses, and he goes, "Well, if I'm not gonna get my rematch, I'll fight Anderson Silva." I was like, "What? What? What? Where'd this come from?" I'd rather see him fight GSP than Anderson Silva. Oh, I would. I'd rather see him fight Anderson Silva. I'd rather be Anderson Silva than GSP. Why is that? GSP is a thick fucker. He will just. It's like you. It's like if. If yeah, you remember, Mendoff can take him down and just hold him. GSP will sit on him with one with like half his hip on him and just punch him. That's a lot of weight. Yeah, he's uh, when he was in his prime, he was walking around at up to two hundred pounds. Oh yeah, and cutting down. I think now he's a little thinner. He's walking around at like one ninety. Well, he, he looked like he fucking like just got big for the Bismarck fight. Like he looked unnaturally big. Yeah, he beefed up for that. I wouldn't mind even seeing a Gaethje. McGregor fight. I think that would be fun. Oh, you and Hart love that. Hart loves his gauge. Don't know why we have to have turn on my TV. Let's go out. Wasn't there? Uh, wasn't there a Gaethje Lee fight coming up? Yeah, there was. I think that was two thirty, right? Well, let's take a look here. Barking this, I'll, I'll really fucking be honest. Love that, Teddy. Lee's getting a rematch with Ally Aquinta. I, 
thought I remember a Lee Gaethje. A Lee Gaethje fight in the works. But right now it looks like uh, Lee is going to fight Iaquinta. Possibly as the main event on uh, UFC on Fox 31. I don't know what it is about my Google. I must have searched like a lot of dark shit because I'm ty- typing in Gaethje to find out what is the next fight because Gaethje's death. I'm like, no, Gaethje didn't fucking die. <laughs> Every person you put into Google, it's the number I mean, one I search mean, is their death. I mean, I understood Terry, Terry Bradshaw because one thing I was like, oh, Terry Bradshaw makes Mrs. Fox analyst show. He's like, is he dead? Is <laughs> he a cult? Like days of our live shit on this thing. <laughs> ben Askren didn't come out dead. When I search up him to find out his weights, so he's all fought up. You know what else would be a fun fight is Max Holloway and McGregor. Oh yeah, dude, that that his only loss is that well that was, that was his first uh the Holloway's only loss. That's his only loss, right? That yeah. is Holloway's only loss. I thought he lost uh three times. No? Max Holloway? Yeah, he's nineteen and three. Maybe it was only UFC. Loss. He lost to Poirier in yeah. his UFC debut. Then he lost back to back fights Dennis Bermudez and Conor McGregor early, early on in his career. His McGregor fight Boy, was what a bounce his, back for him, huh? That was the tenth fight of his career against McGregor. Lost a decision. Yeah, and that was McGregor with a was a torn ACL or something. Since then, he's won 12 straight fights. He's won 12 straight fights and two, three performance of the night's bonuses. This is a perfect point in Connor's career, though, because this is exactly what it would be. You know, like all those veterans and stuff, once once you think they hit their peak and you think you might see them coming down a little bit, once you think the belt's out of the range, think about Liddell, Couture, what they all did. They started doing rematches. Of some of their greater fights to find out, I was like, okay, let's start selling scores now since we're not chasing belts. Yeah, I think that would be. So you could be, you could have your Aldo rematch, you can have your Holloway rematch, you can have another Diaz fight. You have all those in the works. I think Tony Ferguson would be an exciting fight for McGregor. That might be weird for Ferguson now. Well, just like we're talking about Garbrandt hoping Cejudo beats Dillashaw. That's something Connor would be hoping for. Is Nurmagomedov Gomedov to be Ferguson? I think whoever if Nurmagomedov fights Tony Ferguson for the title, whoever loses that fight, that should be a, a fight against McGregor. I don't know. I don't with know the, with I don't, the winner getting another title shot. I don't know if it's Nurmagomedov though. It, it depends on how you see Connor fight next. If Connor fights the next fight and he just looks just like amazing, then you can say, okay, two years of not fighting, maybe he has a better shot against Nurmagomedov. The other argument is, is he has never lost three match. That's true. Was he had two rematches and two wins? Yep. No one rematch. He's only. As like, well, it might have been only one rematch, but still, <laughs> never had a rematch or loss. 
Yeah, his he won his rematch against Nate Diaz. Uh, he lost uh, to Nurmagomedov and his only... He's got two other oh, losses. Oh, he lost to Joseph Duffy. I forgot about that. Because he lost to some uh, some Russian dude in like the second or third fight of his career. And then he lost to Joseph Duffy. But Nate, Nate Diaz so far has been his only rematch. And he won. So yeah, he's undefeated in rematches. That's accurate. That is an accurate statement. I don't. I think his his strategy against Nurmagomedov was just uh, terrible. He was way too passive, way too defensive. Was it? Yeah, he, that, he fought a totally a, defensive a, fight. That was a game plan too. That was so stupid. Yeah, the the game plan was to try to try to tag him on the feet, and when he got taken down, to just stay on the ground, minimize damage, ride it out, and then go on the attack in the fourth and fifth round. But the problem was is that he let Nurmagomedov wear him out. He let him sit on top. He let him wear him out. He let him beat him up. And then there was no coming on the attack in the fourth and fifth round after that. It was a terrible... If he would have just come out the Conor McGregor, the aggressive Conor McGregor that we've seen his whole career... I I don't understand why you just didn't stick to that. I mean, stick to what you've been doing your whole life. All he needed to do was four stand-ups and stuff. Unless he was on his ass and stuff, which he should have did when he was on his ass, was force a stalemate to get stand back up, do whatever he had to do with locking the arm or whatever to force a stalemate. Because when you're on your ass against a cage, there's not much you can do. Yeah, he was right back against the cage and. Nurmagomedov had his legs wrapped up. He wasn't going anywhere. Between his legs, too. Not only ra- it's like had him wrapped up, but they were like together, wrapped up between his, as like underneath his hips. Yeah. Which I have no idea why. I don't know. Maybe it's because they don't do much wrestling, and but there's no way you're ever gonna wear a guy out or think that they're gonna get tired by laying on top of you. That is the premium position when you're wrestling. That's the best air break. When you're wrestling, as go through a huge takedown as a take as a takedown and worry. And when you're sitting on top, that's when you always see a wrestler go, take a breath. It's like, all right, now get your air back in there. Now work again. Oh, you mean the guy in the top position? Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what they do. And when you get taken down, you're on bottom. The first thing you're doing is you're getting even more tense. You're getting you're building a base. You're standing it. So you're using more. And you're energy. carrying all that weight. And you're carrying the other person's weight. And you're losing air, too, because no matter where they're at, a guy's on top of you. You ever try breathing underneath the covers or on top of the covers? Underneath the covers is a little bit fucking weirder. It hurts a little bit more. I don't know. Do you think we're going to get a McGregor-Nurmagomedov rematch? Or do you think it that uh, Stephen Thompson was right that Habib is going to fight GSP and then retire? I don't think he's going to fight GSP or retire. Because before the McGregor fight, Stephen Thompson came out and said that Habib wants to beat Connor, fight GSP, and retire. So now we have he beat Connor. Now he wants to fight GSP. It seems like what Stephen Thompson said was right, right down the pipe. Then, then I'd be so pissed off. If I was talking for Newson because that means everyone is ditching you. Everyone's dodging you. <laughs> Yeah, That's the only reason why I don't want that to be right, is because then I feel so bad for Tony. He's the loser in this whole thing. 
That's for sure. I was like, he has done nothing but fight his ass off. And he's not got any chance. And as a fighter, your window's only open for so long. Unless and he's already, unless in, his you're he's already in his 30s. Yeah. Only only the best of the best are able to keep their window open for for years. Otherwise, you got a real short window. And the more wars you go through, the more four-round, big three-round fights. Like, that fight he had with Pettis, you only get so many of those in you in your career, and you're, you're aged. That was a good one. But what do you think about my Herschel Walker uh, analogy when it comes to the Ben Askren trade? I think this is going to be huge. I think this is like the trade that opens the doors and trades are going to be commonplace in the UFC. Like, you're just going to see... What's weird to me is it's not like it's not like a guy gets traded from the Phillies to the Yankees. It's like a guy got traded from like the NFL to the CFL. Like it's a whole nother it's a whole new organization. But it works out for great it always works out for both promotions. Like anyone UFC is trading away is gonna be huge for that other fight promotion. Because they're gonna be like, we just got this UFC fighter has all this airtime and stuff. There's not there's not like an A UFC fighter they will get that's not going to help their promotion out. And when UFC trades for someone in there, it's like, oh, we're going to trade because we're going to bump up this division. Like every time you trade, it's going to be success. It's like it's going to be successful for both people. It's just going to be. The smaller promotion gets a UFC star, or most likely. Look at Bellator. Bellator was creaming when they got all of the uh, like middle rank guys from UFC. Like, they're so great fighters and stuff, but they're like, yes, we got this guy. We can, we can really start a division with this guy. Yeah, guys like uh, Johnny Hendricks yeah. and Ryan Bader, guys that were top contenders. Or um, some, of the, some of the middleweight guys in the middleweight division was stacked as shit. Um, they took Rory McDonald. Well, yeah, that was Welter. Um, uh, Bedgar Busasi. Yeah. Get Gregard, Gegard, 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 Gusasi. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's Wrigley chiming in. Yeah, get is like Gegard, Dude, they, they love that. I'm like, oh, he's a good fighter, but Bellator was like, we got our guy. That one championship definitely got their guy in uh, Demetrius Johnson. They're gonna they're gonna make him the the flagship of that organization for sure. And. The thing is, Demetri Johnson is such a huge trade too, because it's not just him. He has a huge live stream base too. Like he has, um, he has a cultural base. Like the video game community loves watching DJ. He's he's definitely going to be bigger than Eddie Alvarez, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I yeah. Think... Oh, easy, easy. I don't want to think about that. I was like, dude, there's there's no way he can't be any bigger in any aspect. Casual fan base, hardcore fan base. There's no way. There's no way that D- is like DJ cannot be bigger in any aspect. He's a pay-per-view draw. He always he mainlines his whole thing. Eddie Alvarez Eddie Alvarez has only made an event a UFC night unless he fought Connor. I Eddie Alvarez had some pretty big fights. The main is like, a, is like the main event at UFC. I'm talking about just UFC. The problem I see is that Demetrius Johnson. Who's he going to fight over? 
Who's who's gonna be your your big matchup for it? It doesn't matter. It's gonna be the same thing with Ronda when she came over here. It was like for the women's division, she was like people were just gonna watch her all people and be happy with it. But she, they at least some other strike force girls came over and she had the rivalry with Misha Tate that came over from Strike Force. Yeah, that got there's nothing coming over from the UFC with him. It's not like Joseph But the only reason why they're going that is because the UFC didn't have anyone yeah. to start a division with. That's why all the people came over from Strike Force with her. And they were signing any chick with gloves to go fight Ronda. It's like, hey, you wanna go get a towel shop for her? Go with the champ. And then she judo flip him to her bar. He, uh, I didn't realize this, or I didn't remember this, that Eddie Alvarez's title fight with Rafael Dos Anjos was on a fight night. Yes, I told you. It wasn't even a pay-per-view He's never title been, fight. It was only Connor. He only got pay-per-view with Connor. I completely forgot about that. Because Dos Anjos isn't a huge draw either. And his fight against Gaethje was... That was the fight before the main event, I think. That was a great fight. Now, DJ has headlined UFC fight nights with his... With no, his. it wasn't. It was way down there. That was Max Holloway, Jose Aldo. The fight before the... The, the headliner was Ngano and Overeem. When Engano just put him to sleep. That was amazing. That was brutal. This is one of my favorite fights of all time. Engano over him? Yeah, just because just seeing a murder in the ring is something special. <laughs> he looked like he was in a lot of trouble there. He put him down. It was it was nap time for Overeem. That was that was a rough knockout. He thought we were gonna have much to talk about, huh? We were, like it just happens, dude. Because then we can go straight to Derek Lewis. I I want the upset to happen, dude. I want fucking Lewis to come in there with that big bare hands and go knock out. Quartz, man. That's the only way he's gonna win, is with the big knockout. That's only that's the only way it matters, man. That's. The... I wonder how how much Cormier's into this fight. I I could see Cormier not. Not putting his heart into this fight. Oh, he's coming his, in. He's putting his heart into it because yeah, Cormier is not no. There's no way because he's not like a big, overconfident like smug guy. I don't know that he's taking Derek Lewis seriously. I, there you might be right. He's that's, taking the fight serious. I don't know if he's taking Derek Lewis serious. Yeah, that's the problem I see. I I could see Cormier just getting slept by Lewis. Yeah, because I could easily see Cormier. Like, I could easily see Cormier not taking Derek Lewis serious, but I, I, I guarantee his training and everything's on point. Like he is ready for a fight. I won't doubt that from Cormier, but him not taking Derek Lewis serious, yeah, I could see him definitely overestimating. The thing is, Cormier has got the ultimate Derek Lewis neutralizer. Just take him down, man. Well, I just keep taking him down in the Cormier Miokic fight. Um, what was that? I thought Miokic. I never seen. What? Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Is that really how they actually... It's not Miocic, it's Miocic. I think the, that's that, the actual pronunciation. I could be wrong, I don't know. I'm, I'm a dumb. It sounds definitely more right. Ukrainian, Yugoslavian, where the hell he is. What, with the, with the chick or the kick? Miocic. I don't know. 
You ain't gonna be old Google that. Listen, I could be translate. Right. I'm not even. Not I'm, even gonna I'm gonna say Steve and Jokic now. I'm gonna do it too. Why don't we ask him? He's right down the street. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> I'm gonna say Jokic. But in any case, I thought that I thought that Cormier, if he wins that fight, it was gonna be a decision where he's dominating from the top, and I did not see him. Dirty box and elbow in the in a clinch. Yeah, and I don't think Stipe thought that either. So now I'm going to call him Stipe. I don't think he was <laughs> expecting that either. And and it cost him. And I wonder if the same thing could happen with Derek Lewis. Now, I, I don't know that Derek Lewis has... Because Stipe has wrestling chops also. Derek yeah. Lewis doesn't. That's a factor. I'm still shocked that that Derek Lewis Francis and Gano fight was. Maybe Cormier doesn't like to wrestle in that weight. He's he heavy. May not. He's heavy. Derek Lewis is a big boy. No, I'm talking about like when Cormier's at that weight. Yeah, he's. When Cormier's heavier, he probably doesn't like. He probably won't, won't like wrestling. We heard from Wrigley, now there's Teddy. Yeah, yeah he's a Cleveland family. He named both his dogs after non Cleveland baseball players. <laughs> That could be a, that could be a factor with the wrestling his weight. Because maybe he just feel, he could actually feel lethargic and stuff and not want to, and maybe his energy gets depleted way fast when he's heavy. What do you think? Is there anything next for Cormier? He's got to be close to retiring. That's Lesnar. It's like it's Lesnar, and he's going to probably fight Stipe. He already said he's going to fight Stipe. You think he's got two more fights in him? Um, I'm skeptical whether Lesnar's even going to fight. Well, yeah, WWE might not be so ready to give up Lesnar now. But Lesnar's fighting, dude. There's no way he went to that body transformation. He's not fighting. I I don't know, man. I'm I'm skeptical that he's actually going to step in the cage again. The thing is, it's, per, it's like, actually, if, if I was Lesnar, I'd be kind of rooting for Derek Lewis, too. What's going on in the WWE that uh, they might want not want to let him go? Oh, Roman Reigns got cancer, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so they're, uh, now they're, now they're going to need a top guy again. Roman Reigns is going to be, like, probably, is like their plans to probably have him champion all the way to WrestleMania and stuff, and they have to get a strip the belt, and he has to... Go get chemo, go chemotherapy again. He's going to be gone for, they say, two or three years. He's going to be gone two or three years. Because um, I think he said, I think when he was a, he played football for Georgia Tech in his senior season, or at the end of his senior season, he got leukemia. That's when he first got it. And uh, he was, it wasn't until he went back, I think it was 24, 25, when he started going into wrestling to try that, that avenue with his family. Since his family has such big deep ties in the wrestling game. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. But the thing is, he's still young, so when he comes back, he'll be 34, maybe 35. After two or three years, he's still got probably another 10 years of wrestling left in him. For Christ's sakes, we just they just had an Undertaker and Triple Triple H pay-per-view headline match. That was god awful. 
the fifty year old something the fifty something year old Triple H versus the sixty something year old Undertaker. That's something everyone wants to see. What event was this? It was this they called it the Super Showdown. It was a pay per view in Australia. Oh, an Australian pay per view classy. Well, yeah, you know what the real fucked up thing is? They had the pay per view, um so you know when you have an it's like an Australian pay per view and stuff. Like even when EFC did it and stuff, they would have the start time the UFC it'd be like during the day, right? Because it's night for them. Yeah. It was at night for us to watch it. So it started just at normal pay-per-view time to watch in Australia. It was like at 8 o'clock. So I think that was that people that went to watch the Super Showdown stuff. It was like of 7 a.m. start time for Australia. <laughs> so, so they made the Australian faithful get up at like 4 or 5 a.m. to go drive in traffic to, to watch wrestling. And the rest of their day, I don't know. They probably went to a Denny's or some shit. <laughs> Do they have Denny's in Australia? Yeah, they don't know. They probably got a Vegemite version of Denny's down there. <laughs> have you ever had Vegemite? No. It doesn't. It doesn't sound good. No, and I, I don't think the shit expires. And if the shit doesn't expire, I don't want it. <laughs> That's not food. Then That's bark. Speaking of Park, uh, did Park uh, tell you about when he cleaned out his car? No. All right. So back back story, folks, is uh, my buddy Hart. He has uh, this Geo Tracker, ancient fucking car, dirty as shit. There's a bunch of clothes and old chewing tobacco cans in there, <laughs> like food. So he's cleaning it out. He filled his trash can full of stuff, cleaning it out. Like, he had to throw clothes away in there. He says, there's no amount of washing that's going to make these clothes wearable again. There was this brown thing in the back of his car that he's going to grab, and he couldn't get it. It's like it's like stuck. He goes, what the hell is this? Like a wire or something? He's going there, and you're yanking. He gets like a bog cutter knife and cuts it out. It was a fucking tree root. He had a bush growing in his car. It, it was actually growing? <laughs> it was growing. It was it was a root that embedded and went into his carpet and was starting to like find, <laughs> find nutrients in his car. <laughs> That is a dirty car when, <laughs> when you plants are unintentionally growing into your car. There was a mo- there was enough organic matter in that car to sustain life. <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. <laughs> that might be the best dirty car story I've ever heard. Oh. I- he was laughing so hard when he told me a story like he couldn't get it out because he was like so laughing but embarrassed. <laughs> it's like, there's a fucking tree in my car, man. <laughs> what kind of tree was it? Did he replant it? No, it was just a root. I don't know if... I would have replanted that thing. That's a survivor. There's also... Somebody, trying to make it. There's there's also so much freaking weed probably that's back there. It could have been a, it could have been just a weed bush growing for all he knew. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, but um, I think we, I don't know how we diverged over to this, but um, when I was talking about that Herschel Walker trade of Ben Askren, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot more as like, oh, no, we didn't diverge from it. But yeah, you know, a lot of trades I think could obviously happen. Because what if they start trading for, as like, let's say, boxers? That's interesting. Yeah, like some good high level strikers, like, uh, well, like kickboxers. We'll trade you. It's like like they go like there's no K one. We like go over to like Europe and I was like, hey, 
goes, we got this contract for Stephen Thompson. He's a big kickboxer, karate guy. He goes, how about we take your K-1 champion for Stephen Thompson? Don't they just sign those guys, though? Probably, but trading sounds so much funner, dude. <laughs> it does. That would that would stink for Stephen Thompson. It would stink for anyone. I had to go to some European league, like like a pancreas fighting. was still there, the open hand, the bare-knuckle boxing. Dan White goes, got crazy and shit. He goes, yeah, fuck it. Diaz, I'm sick of your shit. I'm trading you the pancreas. I'm going to take this guy that's just burly motherfucker that has no hands left because he busted his knuckles up. We're going to get him a fight. Piss on it. Pancrase is fun. I'd like to go to Pancrase. Is that still a promotion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We see it, Diaz. You're going to go over bare knuckle box. Yeah, they still have, uh, they still do events. That's in Sweden or Netherlands? Where's that at? Or they travel throughout Europe? Uh, it was in Japan for a while. That was a European thing. Oh. Yeah, Tokyo, Japan. Oh. Gotta love Japan. They go... They either have bare knuckle fighting or they have really fat naked guys in diapers pushing each other. They they get it all. <laughs> They're on all ends of that spectrum. They have a fan base for it all. There was a Korean pancrase for a few years. I don't think that's still going on. But the the pancrase in Japan is still that's still a thing. I'm not even sure. Yeah, there's not many, not many American fighters over there at this point. I don't know if you remember uh, well, Rafael is... Silva from Bellator. No, oh, I do not. He's over at Pancras. He's is he there? Uh... Well, why would you? Why would an American fighter go over there though? Think about it, because MMA's grow. It's like there's so many MMA promotions growing right now. Why the ain't like they'd be desperate to go to a different country to for the craft. He's the bantamweight champion. Um, do you remember Andy Main? I don't. I don't know if you. If I see a picture, maybe. I don't, he was in one of the seasons of Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I can't remember. I'm gonna have to look this up. He was in one of the seasons of Ultimate Fighter. I don't know, look a picture of him. I might... The last name is so familiar. There's not very many mains out there. It was like an M-A-Y-N-E, I'm guessing? Koscheck GSP. Ultimate Fighter Team Koscheck versus Team GSP. He was on Team Koscheck. But he's a Pancrase champion right now. Oh, nice. It was a as a A-Y-N-E. Okay. He didn't make it out of the first round in his season. I'd like to see McGregor over in Pancrase just slapping the hell out of people. You think uh, Tyron Woodley will fight Askren? He called him out. He straight. He straight called him out and said that. He sucks. He said Darren Till sucks, and he told Darren Till to go to the UFC and 
and begged the UFC to fight him, and he said he would do it in London. I think he's no, put, about Woodley. Woodley fight Askren. Oh, Woodley. Uh, I don't think I don't think that's going to be an immediate fight anyway. I don't know that Woodley would take that fight. I don't know. Woodley Woodley's very picky about who he fights. He picks and chooses his fights very Wood, purposefully, and I don't think he would. I don't think you have fight. a choice though, because um, there is that veto thing. So probably there is that one stipulation in the UFC contract where we choose is that you have to fight this person. You can veto it, but then you can't veto the second. So it could be something where Dana Wade literally goes up there once uh, Askren fights or whatever, like Till or whatever. You go, okay, I want you. He's like, all right, Woodley. He's like, you're going to fight Kobe or anything like that, or just or, just, or GSP or who knows. Or Dana Wade could be a dick and give him something he knows he doesn't want to fight. Okay, you're going to fight Cormier at light heavyweight. I ain't fucking at light heavyweight. He's like, okay, that's your one veto. <laughs> he goes, now you got to fight I don't think he could go out of the division, though. Yeah, I don't think he can either. But I don't see... Uh, I don't see Woodley wanting an Askren fight. I really think Askren's going to the 165 division. And I really want to see an Askren-Habib fight. That's, what I want to start that's seeing, what I want. What I want to start seeing is hard lines being draw, is like drawn in the, in the weight divisions. I don't want to see two division champs anymore. This is starting to look too much like boxing. I don't like it. Because now we're getting all these division champs and no one's fighting in the other division anymore. They're only fighting in this. Yeah, and then guys usually end up having to forfeit one of the titles because it's been so long since they've since they fought, so they vacate a title. Then you have two guys fight for an interim title. Yep. Then you got a whole mess with an interim champion. It's either that or you better, you better start counting interim belts as actual championship belts. Because I think that's BS sometimes. When they say, like, he's not the real champion, he's the interim champion. It's like, the only reason why he's interim champion is because the other champion would either show up, got injured, so he's a champ. I could see that. If, if a guy vacates the title... Not because of an injury, but because he has two titles. Yeah. And he's fighting in the other weight class. Then it should, there shouldn't be an interim champ. It should just be the championship. You're just fighting for that belt. And guess what? Whenever you want to come back to this division and fight, you'll be the first person they fight for that title. But they are the champion going into it. You still get your championship ring, obviously. It's not like you ever lost. It's like you never, they like take the belt away from you. Like as in when you have your chip counters, like if you've been like heavyweight champ or on, you're you're still you can still call yourself the champion too. You can legitimately call yourself that, but you're not. Like for instance, if Cormier is like Cormier is not fighting heavyweight or whatever, Cormier is different though because Cormier is just still fighting heavyweight because who is there at lightweight? You know, it, it's kind of sad though that last UFC fight night that was this Saturday. I turned it off before the main event. I had no. I wanted. I wanted to try to stay out to watch. Um, what was it? Smith versus um, Vulcan. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I staying up for this for? <laughs> I the last fight I did watch though was kind of um, interesting. Was can't remember the two people's names, but they were just just slugging it out. The John Jones Gustafson fight. Is going to be at heavyweight, correct? 
Gian Vellante versus Ed Herman. That's what the last fight I watched. That was a slugfest. What would you say? What? Ed Herman's a tough, tough fighter. He was. I thought Ed Herman won that fight. But anyway, what would you say? The Jones Gustafson fight is going to be at heavyweight, correct? Oh God, I don't know. I thought that was going to be lightweight. I let me light heavyweight. I thought. But for some reason, I think they're going to fight at heavyweight. That must be what John Jones wants. That. Gustafson was used to be middleweight fighter for Christ's sake. Now he's all the way to heavy. I know he had a hard time making weight, but that much weight. Oh my God! Thank God I didn't stay up for this. Anthony Smith won by submission. I, I fucking hate Anthony Smith. So much. Oh no, it's going to be for the light heavyweight championship. I was wrong. For the championship, they're just going to take his belt? Light heavyweight championship. Yeah. What a piece of shit, Dana White. What the fuck? That's going to be a good fight card. UFC 232. You've got Carlos Condit and Michael Chesa. That's where all up. Orlowski's fighting again. He's coming back, baby. Andre Orlowski and Walt Harris. Good old Walt. <laughs> He's, he never says die. BJ Penn and Ryan Hall. Are on, those guys are on that card. You've got Kat Zingano on that card. Cyborg is fighting Amanda Nunez. And Jones Gustafson. That's going to be a that's going to be a fun card. Condo and Chesia might might steal the show. December 29th, That's going to be the uh, UFC's Christmas gift. UFC usually has good December shows. They just do. They usually have really good December pay per views. What was it? Two years? Was it was it three years ago? Was uh, three or four years ago? Was it uh, McGregor Aldo? And then it was uh, Garbrandt Cruz. I think that was, la- that was last year, wasn't it? And the year before that was the December UFC event. And the thing is, I'm terrible about dates. I remember UFC events and shit, but I always remember the Decembers are always really good. Like they have good December fights. You're going to have, on December 8th, you're going to have Holloway Ortega. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I feel like I love to watch it. I love to watch it. But, but I don't got my hopes up for it. There's so many fights that are just maybes these days. That that was a rare thing that guys pulled out of fights, and now it happens all the time. Oh, back in my day. Yeah. Well, also, back in the day, they didn't have like major fights every fucking month, too, though. Well, they sort of did, but the... the the, on, the, the discrepancy story. between the the good fighters and everybody else was so great. Now it's much more even throughout the division. Yeah, and then when you're gonna say it's like, well, kind of sorta. I was like, dude, yeah, there was no sorta with it. We it's like there's like blow down major great fights every month now. When we first started watching UFC, I cannot. It's like I remember there being like a summer peer review I actually had to watch. Maybe one closer to the fall, and then maybe one at the beginning of the year. Like, there was three peer reviews I would buy. Like, I gotta watch this. And it was always like a, I'm talking about 10 years ago. It was usually like a GSP fight, a John Jones fight when he was first starting. You had to buy those. And, um, Kane Velasquez, Mark Lesnar. Like, that was like when the, it was like always a rotation, you always buy those. Well, I think that when you. At the time, they were big fights. But when you look back at it, you think, all right, those guys weren't that good. No. Like, if you look at um, a huge fight at the time was uh, 
Evan Tanner and Rich Franklin. I was going to say Rich Franklin too. That was we a always huge pick on Rich Franklin. Fight and Ever, Evan Tanner at the time, everybody thought he was a killer. Looking back at it, Evan Tanner wasn't that good of a fighter. I want to clarify, we respectively. We, I, I don't want to disrespect Evan Tanner because he was a for the time he was a very tough fighter. Uh, fuck Evan Tanner. What's he going to do? Come break down your door? Fuck him. Um, I just want to clarify for I Rich think Franklin. He's dead, actually, he oh. he died in a. I think while he was still fighting in the UFC, he went on some sort of survival trip. And Did it survive uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was truly a survival trip. Yeah, they, they, I think they found like his bike or something, and then they found eventually found his body. He didn't survive. Jesus Christ. Oh, huh? They weren't fucking around in Bruce Shores when they call it a life or death trip. No, I think I think it was some sort of desert in Las Vegas or somewhere out west like that. Vegas or New Mexico. I wish I knew the details, but yeah. But one thing I want to say is like I we always we kinda fucking pick on Rich Franklin, I think, too much on this podcast. Rich Franklin, you are a great fighter. I loved watching you fight. But back in the day the UFC was not that was not that good. You were just one of the diamonds in a rough, sir. I'm sticking up for him. Well, I think he no, he was a great fighter, but I think he got exposed when guys like Anderson Silva came around, and you were like, "Oh, this exists." I didn't know that exists. Jesus Christ! You mean there's guys that have wingspans of a fucking pterodactyl? Because Rich Franklin was he had a, he had good stand up game. He was a strong guy. He had good enough wrestling, but he didn't have the tools to fight a guy like Anderson Silva, and that's just the reality of it. I mean, he had the tools to knock out. And aging uh, Chuck Liddell with a broken arm. But again, it seems like we're giving somebody back in a call that's so frankly. It's like, hey, he's like, he did get Liddell. His arm was broke and he was old, but he got him. No, Rich Franklin had the broken arm. Oh. Chuck Liddell head, threw a head kick and Rich Franklin blocked it and the kick broke his arm, broke his forearm, and he still knocked him out. Oh, yeah, I remember this now. He was a tough guy, but just. When those elite fighters came around, you saw just how much he was lacking in terms of his weapons. Okay, I can see that. When he knocked out uh, Ken Shamrock on the Ultimate Fighter Season 1 finale, I think that's what really put him on the map. Because at the time, Ken Shamrock was still a tough fighter. Oh, Jesus Christ. wonder what his... Yes, Anthony Smith is, hope, is, like Anthony Smith is hoping that, his, that John Jones is first title defense. So apparently we're already, he's already writing off Gustafson is against him. Why? What did he say? Uh, Anthony Johnson's hoping his first title defense will be against him. Anthony Smith, sorry. John Jones. And you know what? I kind of hope John Jones does fight Anthony Smith. What's I Anthony would, Smith going to do? I, that's why I want to see it. I, I want to see him get fucking destroyed. I really do. I don't know you, Anthony well, Smith. Well, he would. I've never seen you. Like, but I just... I, I'm sorry. I just You just seem like the guy that's just a douchebag at the bar. <laughs> I just want to see him get head kicked. Yeah, I don't see... I don't see Anthony Smith even putting up a, a struggle. No, oh, he'll be struggling. He'll probably be struggling for <laughs> air. He'll be he'll struggle, right? But all right. Well, that's our uh, 
that's our podcast. Uh, next time we will be having some special guests on the show, so make sure you tune in and listen to a uh, a yoga instructor, DDP yoga instructor, who's going to have some things to say about a fantastic program from a WWE Hall of Famer. Yep. Wasn't he? Was he inducted in the Hall of Fame? No, he should be. Diamond Dallas Page. I'm pretty sure he was. Oh, he might have got a special one for his yoga. You're right. No, I think he was he was inducted as a wrestler. Yeah, in 2017. Just happened. I, I was gonna... Yeah, last year he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Don't take away from the Hall of Fame, but WWE Hall of Fame shit. I mean, Donald Trump's in the <laughs> Hall of Fame for WWE Hall of Fame. So, so. I saw that as a celebrity addition. <laughs> yeah. The fact that they even have like a celebrity wing to their Hall of Fame it's is a, a little pathetic. It's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. But don't take away from him. He is... He was the only thing keeping WCW alive in the 2000s. He was the man. It was him, Steve Nash, and... Steve Nash, the point guard. Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash, yeah, (laughs) you're right. Him, Kevin Nash, Steve Nash is a point guard. (laughs) It was him, Razor Ramon, and Kevin Nash. They were the the WCW back then. Well, I was like, well, when the 2000s, they're going down... Um, that, that was them in the 90s. It was uh, NWO, but late in the 2000s, it was pretty much uh, Booker T and Diamond Dallas Page. I kind of kept that place afloat because fucking it was Hogan versus Goldberg, which was a train wreck every time. But yeah, that's that. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.